Welcome to Jeff's World with Jeff Stein, the show that sees life through the eyes of possibility, purpose, and punchlines. Because in Jeff's World, we blow minds and large hearts and leave no man or child behind. And now, here's your host, Chief Executive Optimist and President of These Inspired States of Mind, Jeff Stein. What's really going on, America? What are you doing? What's, what's really happening? You know, put down the knife. Put down the <laughs> Stop pointing knives at each other. Uh, like the man said, that was Eric Carth and I'm Jeff Stein. Jeff Hendricks here too. Uh, we're on a partial staff. Eric, uh, we weren't going to do a show today. Uh, there was We were going to take the, you know, like a lot of folks do, a little vacation time and every one of us had different little things going on. I, I did a road trip. <laughs> to Oregon, which was really fascinating to go into Confederate flag wearing Trump country, Oregon. We went to a uh, new Fourth uh, of July celebration at Independence, Oregon, which I thought was really cool. Nice name. Okay. Right? And, uh, but wow, you know, Confederate flags, uh, make America great booths, uh, this sort of thing. So, you know, it's uh, it really Remind me again, uh, how many people uh, Oregon sent into the Civil War? <laughs> Just curious. I'm just trying to crunch numbers here. <laughs> I love it. That's the satire of Jeff Hendrick, and, and I think Hendrick will be able to be, you know, present today to, you know, present the 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 true gut feeling of what, what many many Americans are feeling today. I'm going to try to because it is being felt very differently uh, amongst the, and I really want the show to be something for some of my Trump supporter friends, some of my Republican friends, because uh, those who are part of that 28 to 39 percenters now who still have a favorable rating of Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. And um, just trying to, I really am literally trying to understand uh, what, what the is appe- enough. What, what appeal is left? What, what is enough? And uh, because gentlemen my and ladies, my Republican gentlemen, lady friends, you must see the inevitable conclusion here. They you know, don't, though. I've seen so many Facebook threads and so many Instagram and, and Twitter flare-ups about this. They're, they've got blinders on that are, that are epic in proportions, that are, that are lead-lined. They have to be because they just continue to shake their heads and either say, it doesn't matter, it's fake news, or they immediately look in the rearview mirror and say, well, Obama or Clinton or you know Johnson or Nixon or you know yeah and I, I've had my blinders in my life I'm the first sure, to admit that sure. especially during the George W. Bush years I, I got very uh, polarized and I didn't once he did a few things that maybe that disgusted me uh, he could do no right and right. now in retrospect I look back at it and said you know he did some pretty amazing things and he was a, a, a definitely a personable likable guy with some with some intellect despite the the mocking that we did at the time you know and and he did like for instance uh, uh, with the immigration reform he did something that was unbelievable in Republican lore to be right. able to say, hey, we've got to actually come up with a plan here. We can't just, just demonize well, these folks. I think, and, I think his experiences in Texas helped yeah. help sort of open his eyes on that a little bit because he you know, he wasn't in his little kind of bunkport bubble where it's nothing but rich white yeah. folk hanging out. Yeah. Like, oh my God, Texas has people that are not the same color as me doing things I don't do. <laughs> <laughs> right? You know? Right. But so um, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's this is it's, again this is kind of a show we've th- we've thrown together because uh, we weren't necessarily going to do one so it'll be a little different but uh, today on uh, Jeff's World a late night comedian apologizes for his attack on a Trump family member give you that clip Republican patriots are definitely rising I've got uh, some fascinating stuff and, and people think I know my Republican friends oh you just mean he's a patriot because he you know he agrees with you and it's like 
No, I, th- I think give me a chance on that one. I, I think <laughs> I think what you're trying to say is that you you're finding people that are putting country over party now. Ding. Okay. Uh, another PETA explains why they have a PR problem. Uh, Jeff Hendrick just told me a story before we started. I've just I'm, on, I'm on the drive over. I heard it, and I was simultaneously screaming in anger and laughing hysterically at it. So. Right. So uh, Paul Ryan goes into the theater business uh, unintentionally. Uh, Congress. De- <laughs> Congress does something it's almost never done. What white through yonder window breaks? It is Paul Ryan, and he's coming for your health care. Yep. Congress did something almost never does. It worked. It's going to work overtime, so what? they say. Yeah, and we'll explain why. And well, everything else in this show will probably about the state of our union <laughs> in light of uh, of all the many wild and crazy things that are emerging in the last. That's why the reason we started to do a show because the last forty eight hours have been uh, beyond amazing. Uh, let me, give me a little Colbert just to, to, to warm it up, you know. Let's dive into these emails. Remember, it is going to take careful parsing to prove <laughs> that the Trump campaign was privately colluding with Russia to get damaging confidential information about Hillary Clinton. This is the first email. Subject, Russia, Clinton, private and confidential. <laughs> Let's stop right there. I think we can pause. We should take a pause, maybe even hydrate. Okay, um, we're five words in. We're five words in. And four of them are Russia, Clinton, private, confidential. The only word that's innocent is and. (laughs) Goldstone goes on to write about their mutual acquaintance, Russian pop singer Emin Agalarov. Good morning. Emin just called and asked me to contact you with something very interesting. The Crown Prosecutor of Russia met with his father, Aris, this morning, and in their meeting offered to provide the Trump campaign with some official documents and information that would incriminate Hillary and her dealings with Russia and would be very useful to your father. (coughs) I'm sorry, I just got a little cough because of this smoking gun I just found. Yeah! Oh. And have you seen this uh, this guy's Instagram account that they're talking about? This British promoter? Yeah, yeah, gold. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a cuckoo bird. It's a, yeah, he's a I complete mean, you know, cuckoo bird. I won't bird. Uh, necessarily uh, fault somebody but for being silly. No, uh, but, and, uh, and that's what Instagram is sometimes for. Sure, I get that. Sure. But this guy <laughs> is an upper muckety muck in the administration, and he's got high contacts, and I'm a little wor- worried about uh, a presidential administration officially associating with cuckoo birds. <laughs> Call me crazy. I, 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 you know, I'm glad you're you're, you're laughing about it. I have to. You, you have to. Well, I'm starting to laugh more because remember my uh, car chase analogy. He's out of the car. Uh, you know, the, the, you know, the, we went over the spike strip. The tight. He ran on the yeah. rims for yeah, a yeah. while. He is out of the car, and now he's holed up in the house. And this is the, we're getting those final moments, but it's going to be a long final moment, of course. See, I think I think he's in the house. He's already broken through the upstairs window, and he's now. On the roof, flipping off the news cameras. Yeah. <laughs> the news chopper cameras. That's where we are in the car chase right now. I mean, and it's weird, again, to get all our news from uh, from late-night comedians, but like this. Just to make sure that there's no doubt about the radioactive <laughs> criminality of the proposed meeting, yeah. Goldstone spells out that it's part of Russia and its government support for Mr. Trump. <laughs> this could not be any more damning if Goldstone had sent him an evite. You are invited to commit tree, son. Would you like to betray your country? Yes, no. Yes. Yes, yes. 
the word is out there. You know, it's fascinating. You know, Jeff, you watch this, and you know, uh, when it comes yeah. to the, the one of the interesting things about when you when you're a democracy geek and right. you watch political scandals unfold in this new 24 news cycle. Because one of the things I want to talk about today is this is the amazing convergence of instant information yeah. and the slow wheels of justice and due process. They don't, yeah, they're not necessarily great bedfellows. Bob Mueller, and we're going to talk about that yeah. too as well on the show, What he's lawyering up, and that's kind of a funny thing, it usually means he's defending always, but he's lawyering up in a way that should scare the crap out of um, anybody Wait who a wants second. to support Donald Bob Trump. Bob Mueller is getting a lawyer. Well, not for himself, but I mean, he has added another 15 lawyers Oh, that yeah, that's not good for whoever he's looking at. And, 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 and so, in fact, since we're on it, maybe I should just grab that. 15. Are any of them like forensic accountant dudes? Because that's, that's where it's really going to get damning, is when you start looking at the money that's all around this nonsense. He's got a bunch of lawyers that include lawyers that, uh, that like highlight ones. People from the did Watergate, which is interesting. Of course, you've got the Watergate ones. You've got the the people that are experts on obstruction of justice and perjury. Right. But that's that's not the interesting part. Yeah. The ones are the money laundering lawyers, the uh-huh. RICO law lawyers, the cri- organized crime lawyers, the financial crimes lawyers. The, these when you look at the lawyers that he is uh-huh. trial lawyers, prosecutors. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And these are, and you talk about a dream team. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at this going holy crap these people they got walls of you know plaques and things and what have you because all they do is take down some of the biggest international and domestic criminals in the world right and they're all jumping in on with bob Mueller, and And they're eagerly jumping in because they can see what's going on oh no kidding and most of them are republicans yeah don't you know? Be this, fooled. This yeah. is not a partisan witch hunt. This is not hunt. a partisan witch hunt, man. And this believe me, this is exactly action. this is what's going to happen. Is you're going to have the big light bulb go on over uh, enough Republicans, and they're going to realize this is about the integrity of our country. Yes, it's got nothing to do with party. That's party is also party affiliation is crap anyway. Because the Democrats have become Republican lights, and I don't know where the Republicans have gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is truly what. When government actually kind of works is a situation like this. Okay, we've got something, and we're gonna we're gonna get the best guys we can, and we're gonna look at this so intensely and so deeply that it's gonna make your head spin, and then we're gonna come up with a decision that benefits the country and that helps put us rights the ship, if you will. So coming up on Jeff's World, a Republican made headlines, uh, even did a bit of a party change because of this circumstance what? that's going on. I want to play that as well as get into the the big T word that's now finally. Oh, I didn't even finish my point. So what? before I go into this is what? is that, you know, when we watch as Democracy Geeks, we watch the, the news and and when something huge breaks, it's fascinating. For the first 24 to 48 hours is this is this kind of squishy equivocation. And people and the commentators are often like, well, that's that seems problematic. Yeah. Uh, that seems <laughs> like there's some concern there. Um, that raises some alarms for me. All these kind of terms that are just these like, you know, I got an itch on my back. I'm not sure what it is. Oh, it's you know, it's a knife. You, know, you find out later. And so the first 48 hours are the most fascinating. <clears throat> right. And I wanted to see how long before the T word came out. And I don't mean Trump. No. Uh, it rhymes with reason. <laughs> it does. And that word has already come out. Oh, my. And that will be the new uh, position upon which I think things will be determined. Is, is, does it Whether rise or not it's to treasonous. Level, rise, rise to that level. Okay. So uh, coming up, we're going to do that as well as the uh, 
the uh, the Republican who is exposing himself as as moving to the to away from the party. Yeah, he's he, he, and folks, we need to make sure that you understand that when we say a Republican is exposing himself, it's not in the traditional <laughs> manner in which they usually get caught exposing themselves. This is Jeff's world, where we are growing the knowing and keeping the mind blowing. Right. She just wants to be beautiful. She goes unnoticed. Do you guys realize how bigly this is? For a whole year, (laughs) we've been wondering, did the Trump campaign collude with the Russians to affect the US presidential election? And finally, we have an answer. We have an answer. And I don't care which side you're on. We all wanted an answer for so long, for so long. Everyone was like, man, there's so much smoke. There is so much smoke, but we don't know if there's a fire. We were on the ground, dying from smoke inhalation. Like, (laughs) I just want to know (laughs) if there's a fire. I just, (laughs) and today we're like, yes, it's a fire. It's a fire. I'm on fire. New problem, but now I know the truth. (laughs) Yes, it's a fire. Oh, finally. And I just, you know, I tell you, by the way, I'm Jeff Stein. That's Jeff Hendrick. This is Jeff's world. Eric is out on vacation. He has so grown in to his own guy on that show. You know, Stewart's shoes were never going to be filled because he's, John Stewart is his own thing. And people were hammering on poor Trevor when he got into the driver's seat. But I think he has made this vehicle his own now. Yeah. Uh, and (laughs) well done, young man. Yeah. (laughs) I I think he's doing a great, great work. Yeah. Um, So... You know, it's funny because obviously I'm, I don't have as much enjoyment just preaching to the choir. Right. You know, in fact, it's always amazing because people say, oh, let's talk about politics. People, and, 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 you know, being a big democracy geek, people obviously engage political comment discussions. And I kind of get kind of bored with it once uh, we're just repeating over the same, yeah, it's treason. It's that I, I like right. I want to see. I'm fascinated by how folks can still not see it, you know, when something is, you know, and I, and I, I'm constantly asking myself, I go inward and I say, wait a minute, Jeff, are you just being, you know, are you getting your mind closed? Are you looking through the one lens and you just seeing it the way you want to see it? And man, you know, you know me and Hendrick, we've been been watching this stuff for decades and I just haven't seen anything like it. No, this is, this is a unique set of circumstances right now. (laughs) And you're right. And it's, it's interesting to talk to people who simply, are steeped in denial, and they just won't even entertain the thought that it might be something hinky. I mean, if you simply flip it and you say, let's say Hillary Clinton <laughs> won the election by three states, you know, Wisconsin, Michigan, and, and, and Pennsylvania, right. and he, by 40,000 votes spread over three states where she was working, talking to the Russians about it. That now have election hinkiness yeah. investigations going all those three states yeah let's put that in there and then you find out that not only is it won by those three states right but that we know confirmed by all the intelligence agencies that russia had set up a thousand trolls for each of those states right. and we saw the, the badger they're like oh we're the badger guys that would pretend to be wisconsinites and we're the michiganders who pretend to be you know they did everything yep. and if this was hillary and all those things were set up and then you, you she lied repeatedly and all of her staff and family replied, replied repeatedly about contacts with Russia. And then we find but, out that her son, Jared Kushner, you know, if it was her son, asked the Russians for a secret back channel to avoid U.S. surveillance. Yeah, sorry, I can't hear you. I can't hear you right now over all of the clicking of shotguns being loaded in the background. I mean, it would have been she'd have been dead by now. They would have they would have had a Confederate flag 
painted bus would have crashed through the gates of the White House, right? and there would have been a lynch mob, and she would have been hung already. And I'm sincerely asking, because we do have some folks we, talk, we banter with on, on Facebook and some conservatives we do, we do, we do, and some Trump supporters who uh, you know, are thoughtful people. I, I'm watching this, in the sense that, that they're, they're reading this, they're listening to this show. That makes them at least to offer listener interest in more than just Fox News. Correct. Right? So that says a lot about them. If you're listening to the show, you're actually considering other opinions. Well, you're, you're engaging, yeah. Because when I went to this part of Central Oregon where I was hanging out, and I'm not going to disparage any folks in particular, but I could, I could see why these Trump supporters made sense to me because they lived and breathed Fox News. They don't consume anything outside of it. Right. And so I get it. You just don't know. They just don't know. And so it's and all their friends just talk about the same things and the same enemies. And right, but it's, at some point, but, at some point though, is that willful ignorance? Well, it is, and that's fine. And there's nope. gonna, but here's why it's I, fine. Well, it's fine in this sense. This is one of the reasons I say it's fine. It's not fine. <laughs> right. Thank you for calling me about it. It's not fine. But what I say is fine is on both sides. I always refer to the twenty eight percent. There's twenty eight percent on each side that are almost willfully ignorant. You know, right, they just right, right. kind of stay in their well, the bubble, bubbles. The bubble people, right? Yeah. But elections, as we know, being democracy geek, the first thing you learn that elections are decided by the ten percent in the middle. <laughs> and so you you expect the twenty eight percent on each side to be crazy and to never listen to up, anything. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so I get those. But what I don't understand is some of my friends who are still Trump supporters are still on the bandwagon, and yet they do consume this show or they do. Read other things how do you just not let that those facts in well at this point it's prideful it's a prideful thing i've strength of I, conviction over ignorance as they say strength of conviction over morals strength of conviction over logic strength of but conviction also over it's, reason. dude it's gonna be the embarrassment factor the egg on your face factor the oh my god do i have to eat another slice of humble crow pie yeah because it's coming yeah, and that's the thing is the only way to do that from I mean because I, I did that with George W. Bush I would say I when I say nice things about George W. Bush my liberal friends just give me a look like they, right. they want me dead and so and I get that because they have such a dis- disgust for him because of the, they can't get past the the larger you know lying about a war and this sort of thing <laughs> which you know I can understand you know you asking but, someone to get past that's kind of kind of crazy it's it, it is and, and I'm not really asking them to get past it but my point of the story is just that. It, it, it forced me to go, well, can I swallow that? Can I accept right. that I was wrong? Well, yeah, right. I was wrong. I was wrong on certain things. Of Every, course. Nobody's painted in a single color. It's impossible. Yeah. So I get that. And so even when we started the show and before Trump was elected and then after he was Trump, was like, you know me, I was always kind of sitting there going, well, you know, okay, let's see. Let Maybe, you know, his percentage of, you know, ick is smaller than his percentage of good. And if he had rolled out infrastructure and rolled out health care, he might have been able to even have get a Nixon situation where people went, ah, eh, you know, you committed this Russian collusion, but you did such good things for the country, we're willing to uh, let it slide. What's the old phrase? Only only Nixon could have, could have gone to China. Right. So you, yeah. despite all of his faults, that's a kind of a huge thing that he did. Yeah, Nixon he obviously blew yeah. open that door in a good way. So, and he also uh, one of the big differences here, and we, I'm going to get into this a bit later too, is that Nixon committed his crimes in you know basically at his second term, anyways, because he, he into his second term and then in his second term, and so he was elected and did very much you know, and uh, you may disagree with his politics, but he wasn't committing crimes right out of the gate. And uh, whereas right. we're in a strange situation here with Donald Trump. Because it was crimes that got him in the gate. Yes. <laughs> it's crimes that got him in yeah. the seat. And yeah. now we have something that we've never seen in American politics. What do you do when we have need a do-over, basically? Because you need a... <laughs> well, I mean... I've, other countries have done do-overs. Yes. You know? And I've, I've talked, um, I talked about this on previous shows, that the Mandamus brief is cruising its way up to SCOTUS's... 
little desk, and that what that brief says is basically what you're talking about, a complete reset. Back to the primaries, the entire administration, you just take a giant broom and you sweep all of those corrupt curmudgeons out of their offices, and we go with a skeleton crew, <laughs> Yeah, and we go with Speaker Ryan for a few days, and we have another freaking election. Yeah. And and this is why I keep going to my Republican Trump supporting friends, is that I actually, I legitimately, this is sincere, I want to help you walk out of this because <laughs> i'm telling you this is it is inevitable right and I, and I understand what that feels like to be have your pride i did myself pride attached to being right and being like no i believed in donald trump donald trump was going to be an excellent president he did things that he to- totally store you know turn up the system he blew it up and that's cool and that's why i always say in this show hey i get why you voted for him i get when he said i'm going to do infrastructure to a trillion dollars when he said i'm going to fix healthcare, make sure everybody has it it's going to be cheap when i'm going to get rid of corrupt bankers when he said i'm going to get rid of corrupt politicians Mm -hmm. i loved that he said that and i get that you love that you said that but it's okay to acknowledge that he was lying to you right it's not your fault it's not your fault that he lied to you correct you got to take take that pride out of the equation folks because the onus is on him he's the guy who said the non-truth? Yeah. You, because you projected your better self onto this candidate, said, well, this is what I want to hear, and he's saying things that I want to hear, and he seems like a good guy. I'm going to vote for him. And yeah, then you turned out that you got conned, and that's that's okay. And re- retain the parts of you that were well-intended, meaning that to support a man who said these things is extremely well-intended. And so your character is intact for supporting Donald Trump. And it says, I said, I mean, I know, you know what I'm saying. It's like, no, 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 no I totally get the that. reason why I supported Donald Trump is it was a demonstration of my high character and concern and patriotism for this country because of what he said. I aligned with that. I believed in that. Turns out he was a total fraud and that's okay. It doesn't change that you're, you're still a good person for supporting it. Right. But you know, everybody's first inclination is to blame inward and go, how did I get fooled? What's wrong with yeah, me? That I couldn't it's see hard. this guy conning me. Yeah. You know, and, and and part of it is because he said exactly what you wanted to hear. Yeah. You know, it wasn't he wasn't throwing bait out there that you weren't going to take. Yeah. You know, he was throwing out nice big chunks of fresh juicy fish like, hey, <laughs> everyone's going to have health insurance. And hey, I'm going to give everybody a job. And hey, you know, uh, had I had I not already known who he was, I'd have been fooled. Yeah, easily. Yeah, easily. He's a charismatic, seemingly successful, larger than life personality. He's the perfect fit for the presidential office in yeah. a lot of ways, yeah. but in the most critical ways, he's a horrible fit. Yeah, it's 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 hard to admit a fraud as you run behind. Well, you know, right, yeah. and it's because it hurts. It hurts our pride to think that we got fooled. Yeah, you know, because we want to think we're smarter than that. Yes, yeah, we kind of do. So coming up the dissecting of where we go from here because this is this is an, an uncharted territory of constitutionality well uh, yeah, it's so ironic that it <clears throat> that is following an, an administration that has totally made it up as they went along because they are none the, trump is in uncharted waters yeah oh yeah everybody he has picked is in uncharted waters practically yeah, yeah. so you have <laughs> it's God, there's so many people in the boat going get us out okay. of this boat See exactly the boat. The boat metaphor is perfect because what this is like. This is like he drafted a team, a team for the America's Cup that has never been sailing before. (laughs) Thank you. And now they're out in the big fourteen foot waves and they're freaking out. 
and they got Kellyanne Conway saying, I love the spin of their jib. And they're like, what's a jib? <laughs> <laughs> what is a jib? I don't Meanwhile, know Sean Spicer's hanging, hanging his ass out on the bow going, yes. everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so coming up, the Republicans, as they peel off and say, nope, they patriotism first over country. This is Jeff's world, the purple state of mind with the amber airwaves of gray. Got a girl from the south side, got brazen hair. You're listening to Jeff's World, the place where social, political, popular, and unpopular culture seen through the lens of possibility, purpose, and punchline. I'm Jeff Stein with also Erica Ferrison and Jeff Hendrick, but Erica Ferrison is not here today. She's on vacation. We weren't even going to do a show, but we are because, you know, duh. Kind of, we're sort of contractually <laughs> obligated to. <laughs> right? <laughs> given, given what's gone down in the last 48 hours, you kind of, yeah, how could we not? I, and and so you, you've caught most of the pieces, but if you haven't caught up with it, um, <laughs> you know, Donald Trump Jr., uh, an email, first the New York Times got that fake news, New York Times, which apparently was so fake that Donald Trump Jr. had to release his own emails to verify New York Times' reporting and give them to, you know, there was a funny moment, too. I, I love this, where uh, the, 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 the poor reporters uh, who have been working on this for a while. This is funny. Colbert caught a, a funny thing about this. I read this as <laughs> well. Yeah. Anyway, I'll take a, give a listen. This is funny. Itself. You know who else couldn't believe that Don Jr. published these emails this morning? The journalists who've been trying to dig them up for months. <laughs> One reporter tweeted, I worked on this story for a year, and he just, he tweeted it out. I spent, like, I spent hours and days and weeks and months, reading and his son just hit tweet. <laughs> I tracked down sources, I followed so many dead leads, I labored over this, and then he just, you know... Tweets. Tweeted out the proof. <laughs> these are all these frustrated, these four frustrated reporters who literally, because they knew, they knew these meetings existed. And yeah. so reporters, yeah, yeah. God bless them, they jump into action and they start going, well, let's find it. Right. Right. We got to find this, these dig, pieces. Dig, 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 dig. And, and then all of a sudden, he just releases them. <sighs> <I'd-> <laughs> you want to know why we call you Fredo? This is why we call you Fredo. Yeah, you got to look up the Godfather reference, but you'll get it if you get oh it. Oh my God! Yeah, you know, and then, which led to a Colbert had another moment. And this is what I tease at the top of the show, where he apologized. I'll just play it for you. Okay. At this point, I would like to issue a formal apology. I'd like to apologize to Eric Trump. We always thought you were the dumb one. Ah! Oh, we were wrong. Oh. <laughs> Oh, I know because that's kind of been a joke. And Eric, and we've been sending it live to these bits, and it turns out. But again, the Fredo reference. It it was fascinating to watch. You know the punditry and and and, you know the different uh, and they were and they were talking about how (laughs) these reporters. I got passed up, Mike. You know, I got passed over. Yeah, I'm a smart guy. I can do things. (laughs) That's the Fredo impersonation. Uh, Not a very good one, but no, uh, it's pretty good. At least the context was right. And they would um, these these poor reporters are are having to repeat um, what they got comments from White House staffers right right on the record, and they weren't you know they they keep calling him idiot. They refer to him as the Eric? idiot son. No, Donald. No, Donald. Yeah. Donald Jr. is the idiot son and the idiot. And and I'm watching the news and they're saying and, and they keep repeating and saying, look. These are not my words. Right. <laughs> these are the words right. of White House staffers. These are what they call him, yeah. and he. Finds that you know they they New York Times catches them in this meeting 
where they were offered, you know, where they offered treason, basically said, you know, commit the crime. And <laughs> yeah, and, it, and the thing, the thing that I think a lot of people on the right are, are blatantly ignoring or willfully ignoring is that it doesn't matter that they didn't get anything. They, even if that is the case, but they correct. did. But they, but they did. The, but it doesn't even, matter that they did. It doesn't matter even if they didn't. They went there with the intent yeah. of getting, you know, damaging information. And yeah. let's call it, they went there with the intent of committing treason. And it's pretty clear they used it because every time there was a meeting that they later admitted because, uh, you know, because fascinating. Anyway, every I time mean, there was a meeting, yeah, you could wind it like the on timeline. The fri- on the Friday that the grabbing them by the you-know-what tape came out, within hours, this dropped. Yes. And then every couple of weeks f- through until Election Day, yeah, they would just parse out little email things and just take the wheels out from Hillary's campaign. So that's exactly what this was about. This wasn't about Russian orphans. Do not spin that crap at me again because I don't want to hear it. Yeah, and that's actually incriminating too. Yeah, because they were right. asking for the the McGinst. What's that McGinst? McGinst. Oh God, I'm out. Mad- Majinsky, I think. Uh, yeah, the name. The, the yeah. it's funny with these Russian names. We're all struggling. Uh, but the guy who he was a lawyer in Russia who was prosecuting fraud of the Putin government Correct. found two hundred million dollars in. Laundering money and fraud and stolen from the Ameri- from the from the Russian taxpayer, and they killed him. Yeah, and so they Which, made the not Matinsky. uncommon. Yeah, for not uncommon. Investigative reporters to die in for, in uh, Russia. So Congress, Republicans included, yeah. bipartisan, passed them that act, the Maginsky Act, or uh, it's called. I can't even get to look it up again. They passed that act that to prevent. Uh, known human rights violations and torturers because they tortured and killed this guy yeah. from having business dealings with America or any of these other things. And so <laughs> they went to go talk about the orphan thing, which was a lifting of this act, which would allow human rights violators in Russia to do, to business. do business with America. Right. So even saying that was your alternative meaning still crap. It's still a crime. You're still <laughs> doing so. Let, 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 Cause let's talk about the, the big T word for a minute. You know, when grab my constitution, article three, section three, okay. the judicial branch treason against the United States shall consist only in levying war against them. Or here it comes in adhering to their enemies, giving them aid and comfort. Okay. So if, your enemies, aka Russia, yes. are trying to sabotage your your elective system, sabotage your financial system, sabotage all these different things, and you take a meeting with them to aid them in the process of it. Isn't that treason? Pretty much. <laughs> the way you've spelled it out? It kind of looks that aid way. Aid and comfort to the enemy. Right. The only ones disputing whether Russia is the enemy are Trump's. Everybody else is like the Russia's the enemy. They are they've attacked us. They continue to say if if people had a sense of the cyber warfare they did on us during the election and to this day, they would call it an electronic nine eleven. If the tables were reversed and it was Hillary on their side and it was Republicans who, you know, are the party of law and order, at least used to be, they would call this absolutely treason and they would call this the electronic nine eleven. That continues to happen, by the way. Oh, they're still at it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Which led me to a little. I'm not a conspiracy theorist guy, yeah. but when you when it, when this history is over, they're going to look back on this, and anybody who studies this era is going to go, "How did these people not see this?" 
right? They're going to wonder how we didn't see it. Will, but, willful ignorance, brother. Willful ignorance. <laughs> so it goes into so he becomes president. Donald Trump becomes president, and then he has that meeting with Kislyak, right? right? And no American press was allowed. You remember that? And the only way we right. found that is because Russian Times reported on it, right? And he's in there, and I and I occurred to me why he's having this meeting. Yeah. He's going back to the well. It's like you were the guys who fixed public opinion and got me elected. So now I'm in trouble. Fix public opinion. Get rid of this Russia collusion scandal. Convince the electorate it's not true, just the way you convinced the electorate that Hillary Clinton's emails were the worst treasonous thing ever, and my racism, collusion, sexism just doesn't matter. It's nothing. So they did a pretty good job. And so he goes back and says, hey, can you do the job again? Again, totally pulling that out of my... But but that's I was looking from my my perspective. If I was Donald Trump and Donald Tr- and and they got me elected, well then I'd go back to them and say, hey, help me out. No, 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 because Not you're tr- no because you're Trump and your massive ego doesn't think anyone helps you do anything. <laughs> so why would you need anyone's help? You're Trump. Yeah. You got elected because you're Trump. Not because of the Russians. Not because of Hillary. You got elected because you are. Donald J. Gold-plated spoon up my ass, Trump. <laughs> that's why you got elected. So that's what's going on in your otherwise empty orange-flavored head. <laughs> Side ball name calling, which is hard to avoid because it is. It just we're going to look back on this and just go, wow, how, 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 how did it ever get to here? Either that, or we're going to look back and go, well, this is why the United States ended. Well. I'm not afraid of that, of course. And, and here's part of the reason why. I've been teasing this. Let's get to it. On Colbert, uh, Joe Scarborough went on with Mika Brzezinski. And they talked interesting stuff about the uh, the scandal with, with you know, when, when they mocked him about Time Magazine right. and then he attacked on Twitter. Right. Now, uh, are they a couple? Yeah, they're engaged. Engaged to be married. I oh, know, right? Yeah, that's... And look, that just proves again that you can be from the left and the right and get married and all that. Oh, that's too. like... Uh, uh, Mad- Mary Carf- Madeline and yeah, Carl, uh, Car- James Carver. James Carver. And Dame Carver, now I'm married a woman who just hates me. So, um, <laughs> now all this stuff about Clinton. <laughs> so they went on the show, and he made an interesting point. He said, "I think Donald Trump is afraid of women," and uh, he's got some really weird issues about women. I think because he yeah. made this point that 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 Scarborough would say nasty things about him, and then he would attack Mika anyway. Right? You know, right. for on her looks and things. And when you say that, just to clarify that. This is a testosterone ego thing. It's not that, that men get afraid of women. It's that they're, we're afraid of our loss of power to women. Meaning that, you know, it's one thing we can't control. We had this incredibly undeniable, pervasive need for the, to put it lightly, the, for the intimacy and the companionship of women, but we have to get their permission, so to speak. Well, normally we do. Sometimes we just grab them by the, you know. But and that scares us because when you're famous, they let you do that kind of thing. It's scary. And somebody who focuses on power over knowingness right. doesn't. Not, you don't know your own self worth, and so you just keep gaining power. That's why people do gain right, power. But this is this is a this is a patriarchal system that that Trump yeah. was raised in. I mean, it's it's thousands of years old. I mean, the King James version of the Bible pretty much lays down the patriarchy sure. for you. So we've been force fed this nonsense. For a millennia, I'm not saying it's good. I'm no, just no, saying I'm just, that yeah. yeah, that that we men will get into that trap and they'll be scared by women because that's what he means by afraid of women. Well, why do you, why do you think there are no books written? Very few books written by women in the Bible. <laughs> uh, and if there were, they were probably rewritten to be written oh, by men. Dude, menstruation. 
freaked out old people back five, 6,000 years ago because you go right back to that horrible redneck bumper sticker. I don't trust anything that bleeds for five days and doesn't die. Okay, that was pretty much the patriarchal religious nonsense mentality that was along, you know, five, 6,000 years ago. And it's still the thing. I mean, if you look at the book of Leviticus, if you're, if you're menstruating, thou shalt not go into the temple because you're unclean. Yeah. You know, without the uncleanliness, the human race wouldn't exist, yes. you ignorant, yeah. scared old men. Yeah. So this is not to excuse Trump. But he's coming from a long line of this nonsense. Yeah, no, he's definitely you a, know. a symptom of the disease. Not, oh, yeah, the, uh, yeah. And his dad was no price. Oh, Fred was just a jerk. Oh. So what's happening? So you've got Republicans, right. and here's one of them. Joe Scarborough goes on Colbert and kind of makes news with this discussion. And I, and I challenge my Trump friends, please listen to this and tell me where Scarborough's wrong. Tell me where he's wrong. Okay. That's all I'm asking. You've changed your attitude about Donald Trump. Why haven't other Republicans done the same? Because you're a Republican congressman. What do you think is happening with your own party? Well, I think it's I, I think it's inexplicable. I, but, but this is well before Donald Trump was elected president that my party has betrayed their core values. I remember back in December of 2015 when Donald Trump uh, supported a Muslim ban. I said on the air, it's very simple. It's black and white said I could never vote for anybody in my party that would say they were going to ban people because of the God they worshipped. Right. But the, see, with these revelations now. But, but the problem is, though, it, again, it was disturbing through the entire campaign. Uh, but in February, when he talked about David Duke and pretended that he didn't know who David Duke was and didn't know what the Ku Klux Klan did, you didn't have Republicans coming out saying, I can never support Donald Trump because he's racist. They'd have a thousand other excuses why. But... They always overlook that. Judge Curiel, when he called a guy from Indiana, right. he attacked him, said he can never be fair because he's Hispanic. Republicans didn't come out and say, I can never vote for Donald Trump because he's a racist. Time and time and time again, they turned the other way. And they're doing the same thing now. And it's, it's actually disgusting. And you have to ask yourself, what exactly is the Republican Party willing to do? How far are they willing to go? How much of this country and our values are they willing to sell out? Yeah. But aren't you a Republican? Um, I am a Republican, but I'm not going to be a Republican anymore. I've, I've, I've got to become an independent. And wow. wow. <laughs> and you look, you look at what happened today. You have the Trump White House defending somebody that was associated with the campaign and somebody, Jared, who still works in the campaign, who not only lied about meeting with Russians all along, but actually, if they didn't collude, they certainly decided they were going to coordinate with an enemy foreign government that, that, mm -hmm. that sees the United States of America as an enemy. And they were willing to do that. And what have you heard from Republican leaders today? What have you heard from the Republican Party today? Nothing. There's always silence. That's not a party that Ronald Reagan would have, you know, certainly not cooperating with the Russians. That's not a party Ronald Reagan uh, could associate with. Certainly not a party that I can associate with. And listen, I want lower taxes. I want less regulations. I want a more competitive economy. I want the, the government taking less money from me. But not at this price. Yeah. 
So coming up, uh, we're talking about that. Uh, Jared Kushner, where the Republican Party is going, because there is an awakening, I think, going on, I hope, among them, Joe Scarborough. And uh, again, more on the word, the T word, and where where this constitutional crisis goes. This is Jeff's World. First things first, I'm going to say all the words inside my head. This is Jeff's world, where we feelize our way to a saner future. Try to. <laughs> Try to feel it. I'm Jeff Stein. Right in the feels, everybody. Right in the feels. And that's uh, Jeff Hendrick. <laughs> Erica Ferrison's not here today because we're, we weren't even going to do a show. It's vacation, but we're still doing it uh, because of the dang things that, that went down, which so much of it uh, <laughs> went down. I'm smart, Mike. I could be somebody. <laughs> I can help. I got skipped over, Mike. It's not fair. And so I, I, I return to what I said at the beginning of the show to my Republican friends. Gentlemen, ladies, gentlemen, you must see the inevitable conclusion that where this is going. And I say to that, of course they do. Most of them do okay. see the inevitable conclusion. Well, then what is their hesitance? And, and here's some indicators that they <laughs> Coming clean. Well, yeah. One of the indicators was that, and I teased this throughout the show, is that uh, Congress is working overtime. Mitch McConnell has announced that they're going to work into the August recess. They're not going to go on the August recess so they can pass a health care bill. And, of course, they're doing it in the same way. No hearings, no floor debate. No they're, committee. Their same 13 right. male, white male Republicans are going to decide everything well, for the you country. You left out rich and Christian. <laughs> well, that's part. That's fine. And that's you right. Don't blow that off, man. No, no it's That's a big part of, part of what's going on right and now. And straight. Let's, let's, yeah. let's Don't forget the gay folks. And Absolutely. Let's, you know, so one religion represented one race represented one, one gender, gender one everything economic strategy. it is completely homogenous yes and they are deciding health care for the entire country now of course if for those who are scared please know this take a deep breath it ain't going through no it, they can't even get 50 republicans to agree with it in the no, senate there's like well there's like 10 10 of the freedom caucus and they're just they just dug their feet into the sand and said no. Including Ted Cruz, who has proposed an even worse one, yeah. which allows all of the regulations to be skipped. All the things that people like, all the protections, I right. should say, you know, the pre-existing condition, throw it all out. And, and you just know, a complete free market. Free market. Just do whatever you want. Screw you know, a palooza. And let people, you know, charge, not cover things, but charge a lot, charge less. They have this weird idea that they want to create a healthcare plan that's super cheap. Even though it'll have ten to twenty thousand dollar deductibles, right. have lifetime limits of about fifty k, right. you know, I mean, like things that are so useless right. that and doesn't cover any um, uh, wellness, you no. know, no mammograms, no prostate exams, no preventative no blood, stuff, no whatsoever. blood tests, Zip. covers none of none that. of that. The only thing it does is it'll cover you about forty thousand dollars of your costs if you get cancer, you know. After you've paid the first ten to twenty thousand. Yeah, let me go ahead and as a person who's going through cancer right yeah. now officially flip off Ted Cruz with both hands. Listen to me, you greasy, lying, Bible-thumping, inbred, holy warrior. You know nothing. In fact, you you know less than nothing about health care. And you have written a policy about it? Yeah. Good Lord. And I don't necessarily disagree with you, but one thing I can observe is that he is ignorant because the one thing he keeps repeating is, this is what American people want. This is exactly what the American people tell me they want. And it's like, dude, then you're not listening to the American people. Of course you're not listening. You can't hear anything with your head that far up your ass. Right. Speaking of which, uh, town halls. Oh. So there are 180 House members who have not held a town hall. 20 of them are Democrats. So, you know, let's be fair here. But the other 160. <laughs> okay. All right. Right. Let's take a pause just right now. 
<laughs> this is a perfect example of false equivalence. Right, right, right. <laughs> Democrats do right. it too. Democrats do it too. You think, All right. Well, let's. We should probably go ahead and and, and bust out why those other twenty Republic uh, Democrats haven't held town halls. Because I'm sure there are actually probably some legitimate reasons. Unlike yeah. the Republicans who are running scared from their own legislation. Right, right. Usually they don't, you know, usually uh, if, a, if a congressperson doesn't do a town hall, it's because they have a high approval rating, they keep getting reelected, nobody has any questions about what they're doing. Right. Yeah, it's like, well, we're good, you know, right. go for it. And even then, you know, like I have a, we have Brad Sherman here, who's a Democrat in a very Democratic uh, district, and he still does town halls, even though, you know, he's gotten like practically no opposition. No. To the, the, the constituents here pretty much include, you know, except for that, you know, 28% of their side. Uh, they they support and they you know so he didn't even have to do it anyway. Paul Ryan apparently decides to hold a town hall of sorts at a business. Uh, a define of sorts, my friend. Well, they. <laughs> I was kind of. I'm, I'm hearing this. Come I'm on, gone. this can't even be true. <laughs> he they. I don't, don't want to use the right words because I want to be fair, but I don't know how else to say this. They chose okay about selected selected 15 participants got their questions in advance which included things like are you thinking about running for president mr ryan mr speaker yeah that was one of the questions that was approved and allowed yeah and and they're all wearing hard hats because they're workers at this plant or whatever you you want to know why they're wearing hard hats Tell me. <laughs> is it is it is the guy's name Randy Bryce? Is that who I'm thinking of? Oh, I don't know. The iron worker who's challenging. Oh, that's why they're wearing maybe hard that's hats. It. <gasps> to counter that's, to, to counter, counter his him. Opponent. Oh, you know it. Oh, that's you know pretty. it. That's the only reason they're wearing hard hats is because you got an honest to god Iraq War veteran, union card carrying iron worker that is going to take Paul Ryan out of his job. Yeah, look it up. He's uh he's the real on the deal. Facebook page yeah. too. Yeah, he's going after Paul Ryan. That's funny. And then and I would say how could somebody miss the optics of that? But this is the guy who washed clean dishes in a soup kitchen after throwing people out of that kitchen. Yeah, removed everybody from the yes. soup kitchen because they would they wouldn't look pretty for the photo op Correct. and then washed clean dishes. Yes. That's Paul Ryan. In a spotless apron. <laughs> Just, you know, it's like okay. And again, if that was the only thing you did wrong, that would be fine, but uh, that'd be just No, I think I'm blunder. I'm going to rename him Paul Greenscreen Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Everything about that jackass is fake. Hooey. And so you say, well, <laughs> gentlemen, you must see the inevitable conclusion of this scenario. And they do. Paul Ryan knows. Mitch McConnell knows that Donald Trump's presidency is done in some they at don't some point ca- dude, but they, they don't do care. Not care. And that's why I know they don't they know is because they're rushing it through. They're just going. The, the, everything in their behavior says we got to pass this stuff before all the scandals hit the fan. This is this is how it looks out to me. Dad's drunk. Let's get his <laughs> wallet. Let's take the car keys. Let's break into the liquor cabinet. Let's go get his gun because he can't yeah. do anything. And when he wakes up, it all gets blamed on him anyway. Yeah. And they're going to be able to hang every piece of bad legislation, every bad move, every screwing of the American public, right around the neck of Donald J. Trump. And they know it. So he's just, he's the world's biggest orange-flavored patsy right now. <laughs> he is. Uh, I, and I, he's too he's, he's too egomaniacal to see it. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> that's, the, that's a beautiful... It's just amazing. No, 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 Donnie, let's, let me borrow your credit card. Yeah, hang on, I'll just... Uh, yeah, I'll, of course I'll pay you back. Sucker. So Fredo <laughs> Trump, you know, not only uh, takes this 
uh, you know, he doesn't even see, but they're, they're in their bubble so deeply. Well, again, they, and I've worked with uh, in Hollywood, in Hollywood bubbles. Yes. And I won't mention names where they were surrounded by sycophants who tell them, oh, no, that's absolutely how it is, even when it's criminal. Right. And uh, and just keep telling them, no, 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 you're fine. That's that's just, you know, that's not true. From his dad, Fred, on down, the in- three generations of Trumps have never ever been held accountable for anything they've ever done that's wrong yeah so they don't get it and it's it's like criminal ignorance that was almost forced upon them in a way i almost there's almost sympathy for these two idiots uh don and don jr because they have been raised in an environment that you're the golden child nothing you do is wrong everything you do can be fixed or repaired so just go out there and have a good time boys and I think I think if Hillary had won and he had been what he intended to do, what he said he was going to do, which he launched his media empire to Trump, attack Trump TV, to correct, attack right. Hillary all day, I probably would have been like that. I've been like, you know what, Trump's just mouthing off because of the way he was raised, the bubble he was in. I would have made excuses for him, but you you accepted and took the presidency, my man. And and so when you become the president, you can't say, oh, I got character flaws. If I if I if I, if I make Kevin Meany for just a moment, put on your big boy pants. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the know? news kind of covered the the transparency argument because, of course, Dan, th- th- this was the thing is that Don Jr. says, well, I'm going to release all these emails to be transparent. <sighs> Obviously, somebody in the bubble told him that, you know, let's just be transparent. Then people will think you're honest. Anyway, let's hear what the news said first. And then there we go. Donald Trump Jr. just releasing a chain of emails leading up to his meeting with a Russian lawyer. On its face, this email chain is proof of a willingness expressed by Donald Trump Jr. to collude with Russia to get information directly from the Russian government. Donald Trump Jr. says he released those emails today to be totally transparent, but an editor for the New York Times said Trump only shared the emails after he was informed the paper was publishing a story about them. <laughs> so we said, good thing the media dispelled the transparency thing, right? And then and the you're dude, about to get caught. I did it. <laughs> yes. So the Daily Show went there. Yeah. Right. Now, look, I, I can sort of I can sort of see his reasoning here. Trump Jr. thought if he could be transparent, unlike crooked Hillary and share his emails, people would be like, huh, what an honest guy. Okay. The only problem is once you read the emails, which are between Don Jr. and his contact, Rob Goldstone, they prove the collusion that Jr. has been denying all along. Goldstone writes, the crown prosecutor of Russia offered to provide the Trump campaign with some official documents and information that would incriminate Hillary and her dealings with Russia and would be very useful to your father. This is obviously very high level and sensitive information, but is part of Russia and its government support for Mr. Trump. You could not write a clearer, more knocky email than that. It's like getting an email that says, would you like, by your own choice, to smoke some illegal weed marijuana drugs in violation of local statute 22, section Section 3? (laughs) (laughs) Again, I will repeat, Trevor Noah has grown into his own and is incredibly funny on The Daily Show. Thank you, Trevor. (laughs) And And it's true. I mean, that's a great example. I need a great analogy of how he put it. Would you like to self-incriminate? Yeah. Right here, right now, right now in front of God and everybody. 
And, and it also fits a narrative because if you watch the much news that I do, yeah. you see all these CIA experts talk about Russia and how Russia operates. And what they famously do is they slowly, incrementally walk Americans into illegal deals. And they know how to do right. it because they know how to get you to admit you're doing it as you're doing it. And so these guys are just overtly saying oh, yeah, in no. the email exactly what it is. And now Donald Trump Jr. just you know, uh, yep. just responds, I'm in. Oh, uh, right. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, right. Yeah, dude, I love it. Part here. One more. Let's do it then. But look, to be fair to Don Jr., just getting that email is no proof of collusion, right? You're not responsible for the emails you get. You're only responsible for the emails you send. <laughs> 17 minutes later, <laughs> if it's what you say, I love it. Yeah. I love it. 17 minutes later, the Russians said they wanted to team up with the Trump campaign against Hillary Clinton in the American presidential election. And Donald Trump Jr.'s response is, I love it. Mm -hmm. You would think as a patriot, you would say, I may not like Hillary, but I'm an American first. Not, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) And, And a little fun fact, if you guys haven't been watching the news in crazy obsession as we have, um, the Al Gore reference, you know, just when in 2000, when he was ah, yeah, running yeah, yeah, against yeah, yeah, yeah. George W. Bush, somebody dropped the debate book in right. somebody's lap. The, uh, the, the congressman, yeah. I forgot his name, Tom, I can't remember, Tom Congressman, who was playing George W. Bush Correct. in debate prep with he, Al Gore. He was the mock Bush. He's the mock Bush. He was given, uh, from some un- anonymous source, he doesn't know where, an envelope with the debate materials from the George W. Bush campaign. He opened it. He looked at it, realized what it was, told the Gore campaign he obtained something, yeah. called you left, F- you, left, you left out a step. He resealed that envelope. He resealed the envelope. <laughs> he was like, holy right. crap, I can't look at this. Right. It was, like, it was like somebody said, here's my stolen car. Would you like to have the, you know, the keys? And so he took the stolen car, he resealed the envelope, yeah. called the FBI, yeah. gave it to the FBI, so and I- then... Resigned from the Al Gore campaign. Stopped playing to, to George create, Bush. Right. Uh, so there's no even Clean appearance break. of impropriety. That's how you handle it. Right. Instead of going, I love it. I love it. Now, and people say, well, Donald Trump, you know, they, these guys, they're new to it. They don't understand it. Well, guess what? Like you just said, don't go into the America's Cup if you haven't sailing. Don't no don't try to do surgery on a on a patient if you've never picked up a scalpel. You know, it, it's your responsibility when you go into a situation like the presidency. You, you you would hope ask for help. Right, ask for help. Also, you would hope that at his age, you would have enough common sense. You would think to look at it and say. Oh, this is going to come back and bite us in the ass pretty badly if I don't right? handle this correctly. Right? Uh, yeah, the first thing I would have done is forward it to the FBI. Go, hey, somebody's freaking poking around in our election. And they're from Russia, and we don't want that anywhere near our campaign. Well, let alone you were told just a few days later, because uh, this was in June 6th, and then by, by August, the whole country knew that yeah. Russia was colluding right. with somebody to uh, fix the election. So, but, but, that's all, but that's Obama's fault. Don't that's Obama's that. fault, yeah. that's right. So, and then, <laughs> and then yeah. Donald Trump, now this is one of the other fascinating, they've been saying Donald Trump Sr., president, yeah. has been hiding out. I've noticed he's been really quiet on Twitter. He made one little tweet about his son, which I was surprised by because when this came down, I thought, "Oh my God, we're gonna get a tweet storm," because he's got to defend his son. Right no, there. do you did you you ever heard the story from his old college roommate? Right. Mm. <laughs> this has been on Facebook, and neither Don Junior nor Don Senior have sued this man, <laughs> and it's out in public, and it's published, 
and so it's got to be the truth. This cat was uh, uh, went to Penn at the same time that Don Jr. went to Penn, right? Uh, Penn State University, right? And we are Penn State, yeah. And so Don Senior comes to pick up Don Jr. to go take him to a Yankee game, and there's kind of a milling about because you know it's Donald J. Trump's in the dorms. That's kind of cool. Don Jr. opens the door dressed in a Yankees jersey. Nope. So they're going to a Yankees game. Okay. Trump slaps him across the face so hard it floors the kid, looks at him and says, put on a suit and meet me outside, and closes the door and walks away. Wow. That's Donald J. Trump Sr. Wow. and wow. Donald J. Trump Jr. interacting in college. And the guy went on to say, I don't recall him being sober a lot, Don Jr. He said he was drunk all the time, constant partying. Yeah. Constant nonsense, wow. and I guess if I had a if I had a father that was physically and emotionally abusive, I'd probably crawl into a bottle myself. Yeah, and you know it is sad. If he wasn't president, I, I there would be a big place in my heart for Donald Trump because man, these guys he's a junior product, or senior, either one. I mean, for to to to, to be raised in this a product of this. Obviously, it's just a cycle. It's like it's like somebody was a, a cycle of addiction, a cycle of alcoholism, right. a cycle of abuse. It's just obviously from generation to generation. It's just this pure. Either you're the most badass narcissist, or you're useless, and and that's the you know the pressure you was put upon you. It's it's funny because it uh, there's a Carl's Junior ad right now hmm. uh, that's running on television that is so for me chilling in its applicable. Uh, comparisons to the trump family the kids saying hi it's uh you know it's 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 carl jr here and i just want to let you know that we got this 249 jalapeno cheeseburger and it's the greatest burger you'll ever have and if you sell enough of them your dad will love you and his buddy in the background just says dude that's that's the saddest thing i've heard all day and and carl goes you bet it is (laughs) and it's just Wow. It is a chilling, weird, messed up, dysfunctional wow. burger commercial. And I can't help but just draw that line right over to the president and his son. And it's the same freaky, um, really messed up hero worship. That's It's not a healthy father-son relationship. It's this, I have to please him or he'll hate me and hit me. Yeah, That's brutal, man. So coming up, another Republican patriot who is seeing the writing on the wall. They are peeling off left and right. The ones that aren't, (laughs) the ones sitting in Congress that are struggling with it, how the Democrats are handling it. I I think this is a very interesting topic. And as well as that story that uh, Hendricks got from PETA. This is Jeff's World. You are breathing the rarefied air. I've been reading books of old, the legends and the myths, Achilles. This is Jeff's World. Thank you for being part of our growing population. I am Jeff Stein, along with Erica Ferris and Jeff Hendricks. Except Erica Ferris isn't here today because she's on vacation. We were going to be too, but we're going to we're here because you know treason. Um, <laughs> tre- treason is we're the not com- we're not committing it, mind you. We're just covering it. So and exactly, uh, <laughs> Tim Kaine, one of the first ones uh, to say Tim Kaine, running former running mate, uh, governor of uh, Virginia, and all that, who uh, former running mate of uh, Hillary Clinton. He says, "Does this?" You know, ask the question, "Does this rise to treason?" And I think that's where the debate is eventually going to move because once it gets into that area of, "Are you aiding, giving aid and comfort to the enemy?" <laughs> it, but again, I, I every time I hear these things, I just want to just. I, I've been wanting to approach my Trump supporter friends, yes. but then at the same time, I haven't wanted to, right? Because I, I, I have in the past as these things have evolved, 
and the equivocation <sighs> just gets deeper, you know, and they kind of just keep saying, wow, you know, Hillary's worse than, you know, the victimy stuff. And I was like, okay, yeah, fine. Hillary sucks. I don't care. Let's just, let's say she's the worst thing that ever happened ever, ever, ever. What do you want to do about Donald Trump? Don't <laughs> wake me from my self-induced coma. I'll be very cranky. Because if you don't see it, right. uh, but they do see it, and they do see the writing on the wall. One of the interesting stories of all this is Jared Kushner, too, because here's a guy who, and, and I'm a big consciousness person, as you know, at what you're soaking in, you have a high probability of experiencing. And that's why alcoholics, they say alcoholics, alcoholism is genetic. I don't believe it's genetic. I believe it's in your, your, when you're exposed to it, because people say, oh, I have a gene. To me, that just means you're, I'm not to you know attack alcoholics here, but... Uh, it seems pretty behavioral. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. if you're immersed in alcoholism and you see that as your you know your best tool to get out of your angst, then you're going to learn that. Right. So and so here's Jared Kushner, whose father went to jail uh, for fraud, uh, prosecuted by U.S. Attorney uh, Chris Christie before he was governor. Yeah. Wonder why he didn't get an ad, uh, an administration job? Yeah, fourteen percent <laughs> approval rating, by the way, for uh, Chris Christie. Well, when you kick everybody else off a beach and then oh, sit your crap. fat ass down oh, with just your family God. and the Twitter the Twitterverse explodes around it, yeah, that's where you're going to get fourteen so percent. What he's referring to is uh, Jersey's having a bit of a budget crisis. They can't get along, Republicans, Democrats, and so they've shut down the government, which shut down a bunch of beaches, except. Chris Christie went out to one of these beaches anyway and went and sat out there. And then when they said, how could you go to a beach when all of your citizens are banned from this? And he goes, because he says, you run for governor. That was his answer. Yeah. If you want if you want this much power, you run for governor. It's a punk and a bully. He yeah. always has been. So, so Jared Kushner, yeah. father prosecuted by Chris Christie and went to jail, has the consciousness of fraud. You know, he was raised in that same circumstance. I read a fascinating story about him. And we mentioned this on a previous show about how he was just struggling in business because he, you know, didn't learn to have a lot of talent. He was just, you know, he was just surrounded by money because the family had money. And, and so what he did is he associated himself with this, um, uh, what they call power broker, a person who just gets you in front of powerful people right. and just gets you around them so you can just kind of uh, associate and rub elbows and get you. And that's basically how Kushner rebuilt his thing. And they told him, you know, get a box at the uh, Yankee Stadium, get a, right. you know, get, a, get a newspaper, buy these things, and then you can hang out and get in the right parties and you get the right things and be. And that's why he had to uh, leave 250 board positions that he was on remember that right. he had to leave all those board because he just gets on every board you can get on right so it was all just show all smoke and mirrors yeah. and he's got a history of it well so i i almost feel a little tiny bit sorry for him but not really so he goes into this situation with donald trump right, right. and he's like okay i'm the son-in-law right and kushner's got to be smart enough to realize that that the president is narcissist beyond belief i would assume maybe not maybe he's not aware of it <sighs> who knows man being raised by his father who knows and so you've got donald trump who's a lazy narcissist i'm sorry that's a name calling but the evidence is pretty overwhelming uh as opposed to elon musk who is an ass-kicking 24 yeah, 7 narcissist he's actually <laughs> yeah he takes his narcissism and turns it into obsessive work right he works all the time all the time you know to on make five thousand different know. projects all the time and we're being completely <laughs> disparaging and unfair i've never met the guy i don't know but this is what you read right, right. so uh, I'm, I'm going by the reporting of others but anyway so kushner gets in a situation he Says his, you know, I'll take some meetings with Russians. Sure, why not? You know, I'll go. I'm, I might, Donald, because, because Don Senior, I mean, Donald Trump likes Jared Kushner, 
And he's kind of lazy, sorry. So he says, Jared, you take care of it. Right. Sends him all these things. So he kind of just gets getting roped deeper and deeper into it. Next time you know he's in, he's in a, a meeting with Russians because he's been doing Russian business. They do all kinds of Russian business. That's all very much public known. They've gotten hundreds of millions of dollars from Russian businesses, right? So they're just working with their friends. And nobody in their circle would ever stop and suggest to them the illegality of working with an enemy foreign government, right? So he's just putting along, putting well, no along. One, dude, no one in their circle has a concept of illegality. Clearly, you know, Clearly. I mean, nobody because that's what that that's what happens when you pick an entire administrative cabinet from people that have never worked in government before. Yeah. They don't know the landmines that they are literally tap dancing on top of. And they're just they just look at it like these are my buddies I hang out with. And let me give you an example, like the Goldstone guy. <clears throat> right. All right. Now, here's a guy who, again, he was the one who invited him to the meeting to give them. And he's a Russian you know, friend of oligarchs. He's a you know. He's, he was given another one of those like orders of Lenin exactly. or something, wasn't he? Yeah, he's completely connected. Yeah. In fact, let me just give you a little bit of the news that that kind of uh, broke down, so you can understand how friendly and interwoven the Trumps were with these Russian folks. Arranged by Rob Goldstone, a publicist for a Russian pop singer who worked with President Trump on the Miss Universe pageant, hosted in Moscow in 2013. Look into my eyes. It was one of Goldstone's clients, Russian pop star Emin Agalarov, who requested the meeting on behalf of Veselnitskaya. Agalarov has hung out with President Trump, who once wished him a happy birthday. Happy 35th birthday. Emin, wake up. And Come even on. appeared in one of his music videos. I'm really tired of you. You're fired. So, I mean, they hang out. It's an, it's an it's orgy a, of oligarchs. Yeah. and, and It he never, really is. And I don't blame Trump. I mean, I do, but I don't. I mean, Trump just was ignorant. He didn't realize that all these Russian oligarchs that are just, for no reason at all, buying his properties at twice their value, dumping all kinds of money no, 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 into no, no, it. No, it's no, like, no, you ha- no, how no, could you no, not know what no, was going on? No, no, I will not allow you to excuse Trump <laughs> for this one, dude. Come on. No, I don't know how he didn't know. How could you <clears> not could know? How could you not know? That- how could you not know? I mean, do you, and even if he didn't know, it's still a crime. I'm not saying it isn't a crime still. No, but if he's really a real estate, you really not know. But if he's really a real estate mogul, how do you think that your property doubled in value inside of eight months? Yeah, come on, nobody else's property did that, but yours. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't Stop. make any sense at all. And so, Yet. <laughs> and so Kushner just keeps getting deeper and deeper, right? And then Donald Trump becomes president, which they didn't expect. They didn't want. They didn't. You know, I they think they probably sat want. down with the Russians and the Russians said, hey, we're going to help you. We're going to attack Hillary like crazy. And, and if you and if something bad, because the other thing that we realized with the timeline, like the Access Hollywood tape, as soon as something bad came in the news about Donald Trump, the Russians sprung into action. Oh, yeah. And not only with their thousand trolls for each battleground state, but with all their social media and just assaulted the news with stuff about Hillary's emails or stuff about Bernie and Hillary and all the these Desta, different fights, all the this stuff. stuff. Yeah. Just, just assaulted. And then also flood the friendly social media uh, threads with stuff about how great Donald Trump was to right. take the attention of it. And if somebody gave, had a good argument like, oh, it's locker room talk, whoosh, you know, the Russians like exaggerated locker room talk. Right. And so that it became normalized, right? So while this is going on, and then they become president, which they didn't expect to happen. Right. And then lazy Donald Trump, I'm sorry, lazy, he says, I don't want to do this government. I'm going to have Jared Kushner do everything. And he assigns him like, everything. Li- yeah, literally everything. That's right? the crazy part. And Jared Kushner, 34-year-old guy, says, okay, I'll do it. I'll do everything. No government experience. And so now he's in the middle of it. And now he he does these, he has to get the security clearances. 
So now he's on paper, on penalty of perjury and the crime itself. He's of, done. Of so he is completely thick in criminality. Yeah. It just even being a peripheral part of it. So my question is, as we hypothesize of where it goes from here, does Jared Kushner throw his father-in-law under the bus? Because at some point, Bob Mueller and his 15 new lawyers are going to come to him and interview him and say, you can kind of make a deal and give up dad, your father-in-law, or you're just going to go down really hard. What does he do? Um, I think... I think the administration currently believes that that will not happen because they're going to throw Don Jr. under the bus. And they're hoping that they think that... But he can't throw Don Jr. under the bus. Yeah, he will. Well, he may. Jeff, without hesitation, he will throw his son under that bus. If you see that, this is really just, this is like a Shakespearean oh, you this know, is... Greek tragedy. Dude, four months ago, we hit Shakespeare levels. Yeah. Uh, can you imagine throwing your own kid under the bus in order to save yourself? Can you imagine slapping your own kid so hard across the face that he flew across the room in front of his friends? Yeah. So this is the same guy. He's yeah. throwing. He is throwing Don. Actually, you know what the sad part is? He'll have someone else throw Don Junior under the bus. Yeah. Because so. remember Kushner. We know now Kushner's <clears throat> the guy that tried to set up the secret electronic back channel. Mm-hmm. Remember that yeah. to Russia to avoid U.S. surveillance. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason you would do that. So you have a direct communication with Jan. Why would you need a direct communication with Russia? Oh. Maybe because you're going to go back to that well, and they're going to help you control the narrative of American media so that you always look innocent and good. Right. But it's not working, of course, except in the Fox News bubble where it's getting worse. Yeah. But which it's is an unfortunate reality. But even, too. even some Fox guys are starting to question. I mean, you know, we don't yeah. see Shepard Smith on the air much anymore, and I think that's because he no longer wanted to toe the party line. Yeah. Or the company line. and I mean, because every time when these scandals happen, especially this one this week, right. I immediately go on Fox News to see where it is. And, of course, the whole Donald Trump Jr. thing with the collusion was so far down the page you wouldn't see it. And it was just an article that oh, well, you know, well, just curious, what did, what did they lead with? Then? They just, no, they were leading with the, It's always about ISIS, ah, about North Korea. Okay. It's about all these external threats and how great Donald Trump's doing to, you know, to quash them. Right, and then they'll also do a lot of stuff about complaining about the media. You watch these pieces where it's just about, oh, the media is so hard on Donald Trump. The media is so hard on Donald Trump, and they and then and the nothing burger cycle that we just went through. Right. Reince Priebus went on the morning shows on Saturday, Sunday, and said this Russia collusion is a nothing burger. And then it was hilarious because of course the internet made montages. I'm not going to play it for you because it's ridiculous right. of everybody saying nothing burger all over the uh, <laughs> white right wing news, ending with Brit Hume going. I, I don't like this term, but I guess it's a nothing burger. Whatever, you know, he's just, they were all just like saying it. Brit Hume needs to be put to sleep. <laughs> and so, just take him off his meds and let him go. And if you're in that bubble, Criminy. I can understand your, your ignorance. Uh, again, it's again, what willful, me. Willful. willful, purposeful ignorance. It's yeah. not like you didn't yeah. have the chance to open a book or read some news source other than the one that tells you what you want to hear. Yeah. Come on, folks. <laughs> Come on, folks. Come on, folks. <laughs> and, and then again, the, the, we, we backed up to where was the, the point we were making. The Donald Trump gets kind of quiet. They say he's been in hiding a little bit, senior president. And yet he tweeted briefly about his son, Donald, uh, trying to, again, increase the Russian and Fox News narrative that it's transparency. Right. Like this one. You might think, oh, that's not fair. That's not fair. Donald Trump loves his son. But does he? Trump Jr. says today that he released these documents in order to be totally transparent 
And hours later, the president put out a statement through his press office saying, my son is a high quality person and I applaud his transparency. My son is a high quality person. I'm sorry, that is not a statement of support. In fact, that's not even a compliment. It sounds like Trump is just giving himself props. My semen makes the highest quality humans. Ah. I mean, right? Ah. It's like, oh, I, there's no love in that family. Oh, no, 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 no. Because if there was, I mean, I think about if that happened to my son. I, I, yeah. Well, the thing is, I know it you. wouldn't, of course. Right. But, See, you the know. thing is, I know both you and JD and Carrie, and you wouldn't raise a kid that messed up. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we get back to that broader topic. Come on. Of, of, of are the Republicans going to do anything about this? Are they going to find. And yes, more and more are, are peeling off. And do they know it? Of course they know it. They know what's going on. That, that, that's becoming <laughs> readily apparent. But, and you say. <laughs> know well, what's Jeff, going on, dude? They knew what was going on yeah. in June of last year. And you say, Jeff, how can you how can you you know make exclusions f- for this? And I say, okay, let's use the analogy. Let's say one of your family members committed a crime, and okay. what does a family usually do? You know, they, they they try to say nice things about it, and then they wait until the trial is over. They're not going to a family isn't going to come out and say, yes, yes, my kids are they're criminals, and I want to tell everybody right now they're criminals, and so. That and, and and you take the family analogy to the Republican Party. So as you're watching, Republican congressional Republicans kind of equivocating, they're doing the same thing. It's like, well, yeah, my fam- some a family member is a criminal, but uh, I'm not going to talk about it, and you know, I'm just going to just we're going to move on. We're going to pass health care and tax no, reform until yeah, the justice does its. But job. that's not what they're doing. That's not what they're doing. They're attacking the cops who arrested them. They're attacking the judges who decided to sentence them. They're attacking the prison system that's going to house them. Some of them are, but this Some is where it gets are. me very encouraging because, uh, you know, like I watched this <clears> thing <throat> with the, uh, uh, Chris Hayes and Charlie Dent. Charlie Dent from Pennsylvania, Republican congressman, unabashedly, you, if you were conservative, you would ally with everything he's done. Tea Party, effectively. And a good-looking guy, sensible guy. Well, he's been carrying water for Trump for a while, like a lot of them have. Uh, but Chris Hayes just point, you know, just pointedly asked him, you know, what would be enough? Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> when is it going to be enough? And you get them to admit it for a brief moment, and then they go right back to the narrative of, well, we got to pass health care, and Obama was worse. And Obamacare is the worst thing that's ever happened to America. And, and how that's, come, that's how what come, the family does. Right, but how come that narrative isn't being smashed into the tiny useless pieces that it's made out of? Yeah, because we, well, there's a lot of narratives that we're not seeing. We're not. The funny thing, the, the, my wife was pointing out the greatest point. Remember the emoluments? things you know getting money from foreign governments that's been happening every day it's been happening regularly there is ready fresh evidence almost week to week of the trump administration receiving money or gratuities or benefits from foreign governments they're breaking the emoluments clause every day that is an impeachable offense but we can't even get to that because we're too preoccupied with don fredo jr um, <laughs> admitting that he's a colluder and and treason traitor with Russia, so uh, it's 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 beyond beyond imagining. And while um, Bob Mueller is recruiting some of the best lawyers in the world uh, to who are who specialize in exactly this kind of thing, <laughs> uh, then meanwhile, here's the lawyers that uh, poor Donald Jr. is. Uh, they did Colbert did something on that. Don Jr. has now hired an attorney that he is clearly not listening to named Alan Futterfoss. 
which I believe is the active ingredient in Ricola. Now, meet Besides being a mob lawyer, Futterfoss is also a Juilliard-trained trombonist. <laughs> That's going to come in real handy at the end of the trial when they need someone to play wah-wah-wah. Ah. <laughs> I mean, we're having a lot of fun with it. I put comedy in there for the obvious reason. you got to laugh because as, as our country is being compromised in the worst possible way, <laughs> you know, what do you do? And so uh, one more. I, I think this will be... Uh, Terrifically encouraging. This is Max Boot. Now, who's Max Boot? Republican strategist. He's a policymaker for a lot of different Republicans, but most specifically the, the 2012 Romney campaign. Yeah, he's also a member of the Council on Foreign Relations. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's, he's, his specialty is defense policy and international policy. Are you familiar with the CFR and exactly how shadowy government those cats are? <laughs> well, there you go. Them, so, the Trilateral Commission, right? They're the really, and the Fed. Those are the three agencies that actually really run the planet, as far as the U.S. is concerned. Right. So uh, they, he went on uh, Lawrence O'Donnell. Yes, he did, and spoke about Republicans and what they're doing with Donald Trump. And again, if you're a Trump supporter, please Facebook us. Tell us. To, explain to me how this still keeps. You know how Trump is not <laughs> absolved from this. Anyway. I mean, you're seeing this avalanche of lies come down on top of the Trump White House and quite possibly crush the Trump White House. I must say, I am just horrified and heartbroken by what's happened. I mean, just step back and think about this. This is the first time in American history when there are credible allegations that our president colluded with a hostile foreign power to win office and is quite possibly subject to blackmail by that same foreign power today while in office. And what's really heartbreaking to me, Lawrence, as somebody who spent my entire adult life as a Republican, is the fact that the Republican Party has become Donald Trump's enablers. They are complicit in what he is doing to our country, the shame that he is dragging us through. Even today, when we see that Donald Trump Jr. welcomed the help of the Russian government to win the election, Republicans are still making excuses for them. Most Republicans are still refusing to distance them, distance themselves from this White House. That is just shameful. It's embarrassing. Uh, I can't believe this is happening, that in my lifetime, the Republican Party has gone from Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall, yeah. to Mr. Putin, tear down our political opponents. What they ought to be saying, Lawrence, is pretty obvious, that they are going to put patriotism to the country over their loyalty to the party. They're not going to move any legislation. They're not going to do anything because they understand that the number one party right now is to get to the bottom of this. They ought to be creating a joint committee in Congress or an independent bipartisan commission that would go hand in hand with Bob Mueller's special investigation. They should make clear that they do not support a president who looks the other way while his campaign is colluding with a hostile foreign power or may very well be involved in that collusion himself. They should stop making excuses. They should come clean. They should realize that if they do not make a break with Donald Trump sooner rather than later, they will join him on the ash heap of history, that future generations will judge them very harshly if they are seen as enablers. And they have to have that moment that Republicans finally had in 1974 with Richard Nixon when they said, enough is enough. There are too many lies. We cannot swallow the lies anymore. That's it, Mr. President. We're not going to go to bat for you anymore. We have not reached that moment yet, but we need to reach that moment because the the evidence of of wrongdoing on the part of the of the Trump campaign is, is just piling up. It, it, it's it should be more than Republicans can bear, but I fear it is not. 
but I fear it is not. Interesting. Uh, you know, there's so much from Mr. Gorbachev tear down this wall to Mr. Putin tear down my this what, election. My, yeah. my, this, this election. Yeah, it's that's nice. It's he's got nice words. Blah blah blah. No 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 no. Come on, no, Andrew. dude. You no, gotta, no, that's no, no, man. no. The CFR. Can I be encouraged by that? No. Because he's far aside. CFR aside. CFR aside. Those words. That you're asking me to do a lot. You're asking me to put a nefarious, <laughs> non-elected, yeah, ruling yeah. body on the back burner. Yeah, let's just go and ignore this group of people, you know, businessmen, industrialists, and publishers, and think tank knobs that kind of run our foreign policy. Yeah, let's just put that on the back burner for a second. I, but the fact that this yeah. guy is finally standing up and saying... You know, where's the line that he's going to step over that's going to finally wake you clowns up? Yeah. He's got a point. And he's asking, this is so basic, if, if, if the tables were turned, when Benghazi was a thing, not thing. How many years was that investigated? Seven? It, yeah. And Seven. during that time, something like 17 different congressional committees yeah. dug through it. Right. All of them came to the same conclusion. Right, and now you got Trey Gowdy, one of the Republicans who was running one of the commissions. Jackass. He's barely saying it. He at least now has finally come around and said, "Well, we really need to look at this because this is this looks like uh, you know a problem." You know, and that's like the most language you can get out of him. Clown pants. So, but meanwhile, yeah, you are what Max Boot is saying, what Joe Scarborough is saying, what me and certainly all of my Republican family members would say right now is, you are looking at a moment where you know this is either going to be the death or the purge or the reboot of the Republican Party. Because you can't go on allowing your standard bearer to do everything up to and including treason and go, yeah, that's going to be fine. That'll work. What are you laughing? I go right to Woody Allen, and I think it's an Annie Hall. Mm. You know, you know, a relationship, it's like a shark. It has to swim forward uh, or it dies. And what I think what we have here on our hands uh, is a dead shark. <laughs> it's a dead shark. And I think that's kind of what we have in the Republican Party. Yeah. You have a dead shark, that, and it's going to start stinking up the joint soon because no one's looking at the fact that it's a big dead shark in the middle of the ocean and why other fish and whales and other mammals are swimming around it because there's a big freaking decomposing stinky dead shark in the water yeah, and it's just getting stinkier and it's just getting stinkier and it's not going to go away and and so where does this play out right i mean where where are we going to go from here because well it's the well the, the mid the midterms will will be very telling and this will probably be the first midterms in history where candidates will run on impeachment. They would literally yeah. run saying, yeah. if you elect me, I will impeach him. Yeah. And they got to impeach Mike Pence, too, unfortunately. And not because I don't like the way he believes or people. No, no, no. Because if you look at he's gotten much very little attention. But when you look at the timeline of his statements up to his and the meetings neck. he's had, yeah. he has at minimum yeah. knowingly lied about his understanding of the Russian meetings and the collusion. So oh, I would he, go, I at would, minimum, he's lied to cover it up for I would, Trump's I would I would go one step further, my friend. I say at minimum, he's committed perjury in yeah. front of the U.S. Congress. Right. At minimum perjury. <laughs> Same with Jeff Sessions for yeah. that, man. Oh, yeah. And I don't recall. Man, if if my grandpa had that much I don't recall coming out of his mouth, we'd put him in a home. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it, it really, you know, it concerns me because it, it's where do you go, right? And we are in a situation where we have an election that is an abomination. 
It is a, yeah, that's a good word and I don't it, like yeah. to use, you know, I was trying to think of the right word for it because here's a guy who was almost certainly elected with the minimum help at, at maximum tipping of Russian involvement. And yeah. remember, we've talked about this in the show before. When we watched those meetings back in 2011, 2012, when, Don, when Vladimir Putin and his people were bragging about having a cyber warfare atom bomb, which would propel them to the top of the heap in international politics. And it was this mechanism. Mm-hmm. It was their army of trolls. It was their people convinced that convincing the, the entire electorate right. by way of social media. And I, I keep bringing it up, but you cannot exaggerate the power of it. People believe what they read <laughs> way too much, Well, especially it, when it's repeated 100 times. And then they really believe it. And it's on your Facebook feed. So why would my Facebook feed lie to me? It's, by Badger Joe. And you're a Wisconsinite looking at Badger Joe who, oh, look at his profile. He lives in uh, Racine, Wisconsin, and yeah. he's obviously one of me. No! No, he's not. No, he's not. He's a Russian operative in yeah, if Serbia. You, if you look really closely under the badger tattoo on his left arm, that's acrylic writing underneath there. Yes. Okay? It doesn't say Bucky the Badger. It <laughs> says, you know, Bosnia Divancius. <laughs> that's what it says. It was the atom bomb, and they colluded with it. Yep. And so coming up, uh, the lightning round, we got to wrap this show, but uh, we got uh, this, the PETA story that we teased, <laughs> some of the other fun <laughs> lightning round stuff, other things that are going on in Trump land. And again, I want to put one more thought on where I think this may be going, where we might have this sort of resolve itself. <laughs> this is Jeff's world. I met you in the dark. You let me up. This is Jeff's world, the independent state of mind, where we look at this gorgeous country and all its complicated glory and love it exactly the way it is, hopefully helping it. I'm Jeff Stein, along with Jeff Hendrick, and uh, Erica Fairston is out. She's on vacation, but Executive Brian just popped in. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you very much. So uh, you, 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 went, you watched Hannity. What were you thinking? It was a blurb on Hannity, and I just thought it was absolutely <laughs> hilarious to watch because of the beginning of the interview with Junior. and Donald Trump Jr., yeah. yeah. Immediately launched into the excuse realm of what was going on and how he did didn't think this was important and they started talking about all the hoopla of the russian entanglements or russian involvement and they both sat there and said oh this all predates that and i laughed and i said of course it does it's the basis for which the argument's being held right, <laughs> right. it's why right. we're talking about it because you were colluding back then the, ba- I the, love that. the baby we're complaining about you fathered that night sir yes. you fathered it yes that's exactly the analogy yeah. where were you guys i don't yeah. know man uh, but it's a nothing burger as we said earlier it's a nothing burger it doesn't mean anything right <laughs> So and we wonder how, how is there not a pop up stand already not called Nothing Burgers? I had one question I asked <laughs> Hendrick before you arrived, no, no, Executive okay. Brian, that I wanted to ask you too. Is that what, what you lay it on me? Okay, is that uh, you know because Kushner has gotten in so deep now because that you said now that's moving into the debates on mm-hmm. television right now is Kushner. Now, at what point does he throw his father in law under the bus? No, he can't. See, because he's because he's guilty of crimes clearly, okay. and so the only way to really save yourself is to give up. Your boss. That's how it always works. That's right. normally how it right. works, right? Unless you're married to his daughter. I know, but then, also also bear this in mind. But hey, so does he take a fall? Does Donald Trump Jr. take a fall? Yeah, do they all say my dad didn't know anything? No, no. Now, I don't even want to speculate on who be- on the beginnings of who's going to take a fall because at some point in time they're going to help hold Trump responsible for all of this, and that's because they continually through the campaign and even through his presidency how he's a he's a a uh, 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 
a hands rolled up your sleeve, hands-on management kind of guy. He's in charge of everything. He signs all the checks. So when did that philosophy stop? Right. right. And he didn't know what was going on. Yeah. When, right. when did he become the rube in the room? Exactly. So <laughs> Trump knew about it, and yeah. that's all there was to it. Yeah. But, but in that room, though, and we talked about this off the air, was that I find it very interesting that the three people there all had monetary ties to Russia. Right. Junior, Kushner, and Manafort. Or Manafort. Yeah. And to, and to, and the idea that they didn't know what was happening obviously is dispelled by the emails too. Because if you ever read the, if you actually read the emails that Donald Trump Jr. put out, <sighs> that his own smoking gun that he said, "Here, look, check the ballistics. It's accurate. It's the one I shot." <laughs> it's like, but anyway, well, here's the says, box of cannolis. There's the gun. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and by the way, here's the FBI fingerprint analysis. See, my right? prints are on No I mean, kidding. So. I, and we were talking earlier, too, about how, you know, Rob Bob Mueller has lawyered up with some of the best RICO lawyers and money laundering lawyers and, and Justice Department lawyers and international, you know, uh, crime lawyers. So what does Bob Mueller do? Because here's where we're getting into the constitutional crisis part of it that I'm trying to hypothesize. Because he's got to play this so carefully. And here's why. Normally, you know, like with Chris Christie, you remember now that they, they, they on Bridgegate, they went after the underlings right. and to turn so they'll turn over on the boss. That's pretty standard. You know, you go after the lower ones and they turn over on the big ones. That's how you build a RICO case. Yeah. But the problem with this scenario is Bob Mueller is in a really and I'm so glad he's doing it because I, I that is way beyond my smart pay grade. Right. Is that the presidential pardon factor throws everything into the wrench, wrenching everything. Because if they started to go after Donald Jr. or Kushner or Manafort, Donald Trump president could pardon them. And you can pardon preemptively. If you guys didn't know this, you can pardon preemptively for crimes. You don't have to wait till the indictment. You can actually pardon preemptively. And so that's part of the that's part of the statute. That's law. And so he so if Bob Mueller, which I know he's way smarter than this, so he won't let this blunder occur. But if he did the normal order of going after the underlings, Donald Trump Sr. would just pardon all the underlings. So you've got to take Trump out first. You have to take out Trump out first, which is weird. Trump Sr. Okay. And, the, and there's only one way to take Trump Sr. out while he's still a sitting president is through the Congress. So does Bob Mueller put together the biggest swath of case and then walk into Congress and say, here it is. Begin your proceedings. Not unless there's a criminal investigation directly against Trump for which they can prosecute. Well, there is clearly. So, right. So they go after him on the criminal prosecution and then that, forget about impeachment. They're just going to do that. Well, no, but they have to, but that still has to go through Congress, even if it's criminal. Congress has to, while he's a president, because that's why you can't go after a a president while he's, right? Because that's why we need need your Gniprath in here to explain it. Yeah, we do. (laughs) Then you have to go back to to the Clinton scandal and that he was held responsible for his actions outside of office, although he was president at the time. Case in point, his his affair with, what's her name? Monica Uh, Lewinsky. No, no, the other one. Oh, Paula Jones? Paula Jones. Uh. So they still went through the process because that happened before he was president and the Supreme Court held that up. So in this instance, they can still... Use that because it was before he was before president. Was president. Bingo. There's the stick. There it is. There's, it was before he was president. That's the loophole you're going to drive the prison van through. So Bob and Bob Mueller obviously knows all these things. Oh, We're sh- sitting here right. speculating, and I'm no, no. uh, somewhat ignorant. Bob knows. And that, but, but, that little bit tidbit made it in the news a while back. People said, "Wait a second here. The Republicans kind of." screwed themselves here because they are the ones who pushed for the Clinton impeachment process and that their Supreme Court held up this decision on how he can be held responsible for things prior to taking office. Yes. So their own precedent is going to kill them. Yes. 
Uh, I believe the term we're looking for, gentlemen, is hoisted on their own petard. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say, I, you know, it's funny. Even when I when I said that, send their own, their own. I just keep wanting to put this appeal out to my Republican friends who are still on the Trump bandwagon. Look inward, man. This is not the this is not the Republican Party. This is not. It's a it's a it's it's an abomination, dude. And you need to distance yourself as fast as you can. I love you, but you are projecting your better angels onto a yeah, ton of people that may not have them again. You know, because now as I again my analogy, I was saying it with the chart car chase. Now I, I think we're we're at the car chase analogy. We're in a Waco standoff. <laughs> Where the Trumps are in a compound and the feds are outside going, you're going to give up eventually and we're going to starve you out. And then, of course, the enablers, the ones who keep right. feeding them food, are the Republicans who are still right. sneaking food into the compound. Play more Nickelback. They're still in there. <laughs> right, exactly. Let's keep torturing them. <laughs> so, so okay. So, we, as we talked about, the Republicans in Congress yeah. continue to try to ram through their legislation in the hopes they can get it through before the scandals break large enough that he can't sign anything anymore. Right. Can I put forth a question about that? Sure. This legislation has been demonstrated to be supremely toxic. Yes. I think that's not an understatement. That's not an understatement. Um, conservatively, 18,000 Americans will die as a, res- as a direct result of this legislation. That's in the, the first cons- year. In the first year. That's the conservative <laughs> number. Yeah. That's the low ball, 18. And if you think that's a made-up number, just people. so you know, there's a good five to 10,000 people every year who die from lack of insurance and lack of health care oh, yeah. already. already. And so, so this is not an... It's like they say, you know, something like a thousand people will die a month from the flu. People die from lack of health coverage all the time. Right. This would jack those numbers into sure. astronomical levels. Sure, because now all of a sudden you've got a $40,000 deductible. Yeah, which whatever. is yeah, and you're not which is anything unaffordable, yeah. Right, which is roughly what the average family of four pulls down yeah. with two working adults. So yeah. there, you can take all of your money and not pay rent and not have food, but you can pay your deductible. Um, and the, th- the thing that just galls me to <laughs> to almost violence is the fact that Congress exempted themselves from this law. Yeah. They get to keep all the cool things about the ACA while they take away. My health care. So again, on this show, I am going to publicly (laughs) challenge both Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell to a duel (laughs) on the Capitol steps. Let's go go 18th. Let's go 19th century here. Ten paces, turn around, and shoot. Because I got news for you, Mitch. I got news for you, Paul. If you want to kill me, you gutless, simpering piece of crap, you do face-to-face. So... (laughs) Yeah, I mean... Sorry, is that get, not funny? Eh, it's not. They're not going to get anything through, though. That's the nice thing. Is It's, it's just not going to hit the daylight. No. Uh, I, I, the, I, let, me, let me say this on this health care issue. Is I've, I've heard an on-air doctor talk about this and how he took offense to the fact that it's going to this legislation or lack thereof is going to kill people. And he was saying, that's absolutely not going to happen. That's I take offense to that because that attacks my profession and we are sworn and held by law to treat people. I go, that's fine, but you can treat somebody in the office, but what about their long-term care through medication? that they can't afford is yeah. what's going to kill yeah. them. Right. Or it's that they don't the, get the preventative care that gets them to the point that it's such an advanced stage of cancer that they yeah. died. And, and you as a doctor can do everything you can, but they're so far down drowning in the stream, you don't you can't save them now. Right. And see know? what's happened over the past few years. You see you see urgent care rooms pop up everywhere now because more people have health insurance as opposed to treating the emergency room like your outpatient care right. that was happening for years yeah. that just bogged down the medical system. That's the other thing. That's the other one of the other... Um, 600 pound, not the 800 pound gorilla in the room, but I'll, I'll, I'll take 200 pounds off this bad boy. The 600 pound gorilla in the room yeah. 
is the job loss that this health care plan is going to smack the United States with. If you cut all this money out of the system, you're not going to be able to pay people who do those jobs. So those people will now be unemployed. And now they're going to be a drain on the system. So it's just a disaster, nine ways to Sunday. And the only reason that they're trying to get this pushed through is because it gives tax breaks. And it gives tax breaks to over half of Congress. That's another thing that doesn't get mentioned a lot. Over half of our Congress are millionaires or richer. So this legislation they're trying to ram down our throats will directly benefit them and benefit the President of the United States to the tune of thousands, if not millions, if not billions, with a B, of dollars. And and again, I say to my – if if Republican Congress is listening, you put this through – you can't even distance yourself with Donald Trump then because you, Donald Trump may not bring you down, but the fact that you've, you've passed something, that's almost saving the Republican Party by not having this go through. Because if you put this out and make a law of it, then you have, anybody, then 2018 comes around, they're like, oh my God, you guys are evil to the core. Anybody with an R next to their name is done. Yeah. yeah. It's absolute political this suicide. This is nothing like what the Republican Party used to be. It doesn't even look anything Well, no. Like- I mean, when we've talked about this on the show before. And it's a meme that I've posted, and you've posted, both of us have posted on Facebook. The 1952 Republican platform for the convention party reads like the freaking Green Party now, man. Yeah. It is so socially hip and left and, and liberal in its thinking. Yeah. And so please, I it- understand yeah. What Republican Party is that you miss? And if you're listening to this, this is not a defense of Democrats. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> you know, because obviously the Democrats, it's funny, I was reading these articles again from Republicans who are crying. And this is why it's so encouraging to me. One after the other. It's one of the Miami Herald that I saw was so fascinating where one Republican after another saying, look, guys, we're almost out of time. If we don't fix this, this our party is dead. It's gone. There's a real call from within the party saying we're running out of time to save this puppy because we're doing such mean things. And in addition to supporting somebody who's so toxic and yeah. so and a, a well, the Republican Party, if it's not careful, is going to turn into a vestigial tale that this nation will have to drop off to evolve. Well, if you had a crystal ball at that point in time when it does fail, who are they going to blame it on? Well, of course, they'll only know how to blame because that's all they've known. Exactly my point. Because who do they turn to to blame it on? Well, Mitch McConnell just blamed the healthcare thing on the Democrats again, as if the Democrats had any ability to obstruct or stop anything. We were good to start if it weren't for the Democrats. What are you talking about? Wait a minute. Come on. It was 13 Republicans locked in a small, dark, closety room who wrote it. They're not a Democrat yeah. on that thing. Now, and I will give, uh, you know, Criminy. I will give some the Democrats that I've been watching, congressional Democrats, the Adam Schiffs and the Mark Warners and the Eric Swalwells and these folks that have been outward out there. They're part of the important committees. I am impressed with how judicious they have been because they have said, well, if they did this, it's a crime, but we'll wait till the official, you know, result. Oh, that's because they're adults. Jeff. They're being adults. And I'm <laughs> impressed with that. Now, of course, it's driving my liberal friends crazy who want the, these folks to just come out and go. They're traitors and say it out loud. How know? long did Watergate take? Was it was it twenty three months? Eighteen. I thought. Well, total about seventeen, eighteen months. Yeah, from, eighteen uh, months to yeah, finally yeah, get to impeachment. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So everybody from beginning to impeachment. To, oh, crack open a cold one, take a bong hit, put your feet up on the yeah, counter. It's gonna be a while. <laughs> it's gonna be a while. It's gonna be a while. Yeah. And you basically just get to watch the Republicans trying to pass things that they know would never get passed with anybody else and with any compromising. Right. You know these really hardcore tax plans and what have you. So. And the, gonna, but the weird part is, is they can't even wrangle up the votes within their own party to pass this horrible stuff. Yeah. So good luck. 
I know. And, Bunch but again, of monkey business. Be, in, be encouraged because there is a lot of like this. Look, I mean, you guys can see this article I'm pulling up from the Miami Herald written by a Republican. says Republican Party has flat out lost its mind. <laughs> you know, he says, <laughs> and he's speaking from, he says, dear colleagues, we're doing it again. Remember last year's campaign? Remember how dogged and relentlessly were in covering Hillary Clinton's sloppy handling of her emails? Remember the comparatively free ride we gave Donald Trump despite his repeated demonstrations that he was unserious, unsound, and unfit? Remember all the hand-wringing afterward? Apparently we've learned no lesson from that. I keep reading and seeing all these stories about America's political polarization, the great divide between left and right. Ted Koppel did a couple uh, some reports about uh, a column in Washington Post and we have explored, I love this, we have explored the role of social media, the loss of the fairness doctrine, and the city-slash-country divide in creating this break, but no one, at least no one I've seen, has explored what seems to me to be the most glaring, obvious factor. We are not, after all, divided because Americans pulled back from the center and retreated to the extremism. No, we are divided because one party did, and it wasn't the Democrats. It was our party. Wow. I mean, they're just calling it, it's like, no, Republicans went off the edge. <laughs> Democrats, and he even says, he goes and says, look, Democrats are still a mess. They're pretty much as much as they messy they were 30 years ago. But the same cannot be said for the GOP. They are crazy Well, I think, I think this, uh, we can look back so, to St. Saint, yeah. Saint Ronnie, and we can thank Ronald Reagan for a lot of this, because he was the first one to pull in uh, the social crusaders and really start to turn the Republican Party into a party of social issues and not fiscal and, uh, you know, real issues. Yeah, I mean, it'll be fun. You know, the God's historic, historic guns and gays, man. Yeah. And that's what he turned it into, and that's where it's stuck. It's stuck right there still. Yeah. I mean, the historians will look as at where it incrementally spun off the rails, uh, but now it's just the question of, of how many. And they're again, they're, they're peeling off one Republican after the other. Uh, we still have some friends. Executive Ryan will tell you yeah. he has some friends he still debates with where you're like, really? Still? Just call really? yourself a Whig and be done with it. <laughs> yeah, and what he refers to is when the Whigs became the Republicans because the Whig Party would not let go of slavery and secession. And uh, and so the Republicans, which were the progressives at that time under Lincoln, came in yep. and, and created a new party. And so maybe we're going to have a party flip. Maybe the Republican Party really is going to die because we still got to have two parties. I like the word schism. Yes, yeah, schism. Maybe, schism. Maybe enough Joe Scarboroughs who would say I'm an independent and then it'll just be Democrats and independents. And it'll be this weird kind of, you know, thing of or, or, or Again, conservative we need, independence. I don't know what they'll call themselves. We need we need to. Brian, you jump in on this. We need a we need a cool name for a new like <laughs> thinking party that's you know we're middle of the road. We're not Democrats or Republicans. We're humanists. Yeah, we're like you know we kind of want everybody to have a job and some health care and not a lot of war and we like your water to be clean. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I just don't know what they're going to do with the Republican electorate because I I read all this <laughs> Pew Research stuff too, which is really fascinating. They're they're asking they always ask people about what they think of institutions and what they think of America and where it's going. And there was always there's always a divide, you know. If you like, if you ask Republicans or Democrats about labor unions, you know, to be more favorable amongst Democrats, more more less favorable amongst you know Republicans. No surprise there. But when they ask the question, do you think it is having a negative impact or a positive impact on the country? And then you ask about labor unions. It's gotten to a point where now Republicans have spiked up, where they think you know sixty something percent of them think it's having a negative impact. And the one that surprised me is that can uh, they name it though? Can they can they point to a negative impact by a union? I, but that's the point. I don't. Think it matters. It's, it's kind of this tribalism, and so All you've right. got you know. They, and on the question of colleges and universities, do you think that you saw that one? Fifty-eight percent of Republicans said that colleges and universities have a negative impact on the country. They are damaging to the country, which is amazing because every single Republican in Congress, I went to 
college. All of them went to Congress. Went to In college. fact, a lot of them went to Ivy League schools. Yes. You know, those elite institutes. In fact, Ted Cruz went to Harvard. <laughs> you want to know why? Because Yale wouldn't have him. Let's <laughs> <laughs> throw a bone for the Yale people on that one. You Yaleys can get on the show bandwagon uh, now. Without getting too deep, I'm trying to sit here and think about the argument with regard to the Republicans backing unions or whether or were they're anti-union and the reasons why. And I think about that and I say, well, wait a second here. Uh, big corporations and what really brought about the demise of their unions? The lack of uh, uh, monetization, mechanization, and 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 auto yeah, factories. manufacturing went manufacturing. away is the main reason why labor so unions had trouble. Of course, see, so unions stood in the way of that corporate task of monetization. Yeah, so that's why they're more anti-union. Also, they did things like strike the for 70s, a living were, wage uh, and and. Yeah. Conditions that don't well, kill us when we go well, to work. It's because it's all looked at as a cost versus just a simple machine. Bingo. Yeah. Bingo. So we're going to watch this all unfold. And we tell, are. Tell, me, tell me your PETA story okay. before we leave. This is so funny. <laughs> we get to call out PETA so a little bit. I'm driving, I'm driving uh, on the 405, slugging it out, and I hear on the news radio that uh, there is a wildlife photographer who uh, was shooting chimpanzees and... Uh, turned his camera over to one of the chimps and the chimp fired off a couple of selfies and they're kind of funny and they're sort of becoming popular now PETA has stepped in idiots and said uh yeah those images don't belong to the photographer they belong to the monkey and we need to be in charge of all of the revenue generated by these said that they could give the money to the chimp I don't even know. See, that's just it. They're not, and you know it. I know it. They're not going to give the money to the chimp. That chimp's not going to have a nice upper upper west side flat in New York overlooking the park with hot and running, cold running bananas and lady chimps. No. He's yeah. still going to be in a cage, and PETA is going to sock that money away. And this is these kind of frivolous, idiotic lawsuits are why people hate PETA so much. Okay? I don't have a problem if you want to shut down factory farming because it's an obscene, inhuman, horrible thing to do. Great. You spay and neuter your pets. Great. Try not to buy from puppy mills. Super. Take away that guy's job. You've just crossed the line. Okay. I don't know why, because I don't think the monkey's sitting around wherever he is thinking, man, you know, if only I could get money for those selfies, I'd be out of this crap hole. Where's my agent? I got ripped off. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Why am I paying SAG dues if this is how I get treated? Uh. He's Jeff Hendrick. That was Executive Brian, too. I'm Jeff Stein, and thank you so much. Uh, We'll be back again for listening to Jeff's World. This has been Jeff's World, the social, political, pop-cultural discussion show that looks at life through the rose-colored eyes of the almost criminally optimistic Jeff Stein.